Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Greetings and salutations, sir! <laughs> this week it may only be episode number 29, but it's our birthday, we've been podcasting for a year now, um, and away from that, uh, it's also been another week of uh, NFL action as well for us to, to uh, have a look at. Uh, this week was a cracker, but uh, first let's have a look at some of the bigger talking points from around the league this week. Uh, how you doing, G? You excited for Wembley this weekend? Yeah, uh, excitement tinged with a slight amount of nerves, because it would just be a <laughs> such a Bengals thing for me to finally get to see them in the flesh and they lose horribly so you know but yeah I'm really really excited excellent well we're going to be at Wembley on Sunday I'm going to be bringing my microphone along so we'd love to kind of hear some from some of you guys uh, and see how you think the season's going for, for the Bengals Redskins or, or, or any any team anyone else for that matter uh, if you are coming along to the game fancy a chat drop us a line to twfpodcast at outlook.com you could be on next week's podcast we'll sort out uh, meeting up with you so uh, yeah let's have a look at the, uh, the talking points I don't want to go into too much detail but uh, Josh Brown happened this weekend yeah except he sort of happened beforehand I, I i know you'd like to try and keep things light and airy but um my lefty angry side is going to come out briefly <laughs> uh, just because this is yet more of goodell being a am i allowed to say incompetent win the bag that might be a little harsh but well it's just that this is a man who went after the patriots for like 18 months over on dubious grounds about PSI and balls, having previously messed up, you know, the, the whole stuff with Ray Rice and he who shall not be named of the guns and the um, Dallas Cowboys and everything else there. And Josh Brown, the, the news story comes out there and he sort of does a favour for apparently one of his closest um, owners um, and you get one game suspension and then they're all going, oh my ears and whiskers, we knew, you know, he'd admitted to it, but you know, we didn't realise it was that bad. And it's just like, it's the usual reactionary nonsense from them. And it's just like, you need somebody independent in charge of the, in charge of the discipline at least, because he's just repeatedly shown that he's craven and not very effective. I agree. He's been, he's been uh, released now, hasn't he, from the, uh, from the Giants team. Yeah. And this is the weird thing about it is because, and, and it's sort of like the Ray Rice thing where obviously there deserves to be a punishment. Nobody's condoning domestic violence, but equally, some people talk about, you know, there being good coming out of it. I'm not sure good is necessarily quite the right term, but, you know, lessons learned, people trying to come back. And, you know, we had Michael Vick come back into the league after obviously running yeah. a dogfighting ring. But he was showing willing and doing a lot of work for charities, trying to prove that he'd learned his lessons. And Ray Rice is apparently doing the same and saying that he would donate all his... Um, earnings to to two um, women's charities if he could get back in and nobody will touch him and I think rather than making a statement they are they gave him this one game and hoping go away and when suddenly the newspapers do their job or all the details come out they sort of react and double dip on the punishment again he'll go on this list and I suspect he'll be forgotten and probably not seen in the league again you're probably right let's let's, let's go on the on the light side of things again uh, G let's, uh, let's let's turn it around and let's have a look at Twitter are you impressed that you didn't need for G Claxon <laughs> I am Were you, I how worried all... about you when you raised this I had it already but uh, no I haven't needed it it's fine um, Twickenham obviously held his first uh, game in, in, in London on, uh, on, on Sunday uh, it was the the Giants and the Rams. Uh, we'll talk about the game in a little bit more detail uh, a bit later. But uh, how do you think they uh, they did as a as, as a well as a venue putting on the uh, on on a, on a show? The reports I've heard seem to be um, pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, one or two teething issues just because it was the first time they'd done it. But I mean, the key thing I think that's come out is not necessarily the presentation, but just it was meant to be um, a much noisier stadium mm. uh, uh, to the point where they were affecting the game late in the um, late in the, in the fourth quarter because they were causing offsides just because it was so loud. So you know that's obviously promising. And the important thing I think for us to take away 
if we want a continuing series of games is that the the fans travel to another stadium, the infrastructure held up, and there was another sellout um, NFL experience. And, and that can only be a good thing if we're hoping to um, at least have these games continue and you know maybe even like a full eight-game series or the, the dreaded F word. <laughs> I completely agree with you about the, uh, the, the, the noise in the stadium. It certainly sounded from a TV point of view, from watching the game on TV on Sunday, like it was a lot noisier than, than Wembley. A lot of the Wembley games I do watch and I, and I kind of think, uh, it's great and it's brilliant that it's there, but you kind of feel as though if you're in America and you're watching this and you see it every week and week in week out at your at your own stadiums and you think this is what it's like in 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 the UK, I don't think the uh, the TV necessarily does it justice through the noise that's uh, that, that you pick up obviously on the uh, on the microphones there. Well, I always think it's a little bit unfair on that just because it's a different event. When yeah. you go, when you see the American side, okay, you might have a certain amount of way traveling fans and don't need to be segregated, but largely it's a home crowd. I said all cheering on their team whereas the London crowd because it's very mixed and we're excited about having a game but it's not sort of like a British team then you sometimes get favourites for, for the teams that travel very well but really often it's about the home team selling themselves to the local um, population to get yeah. them to support them so it is a different thing and um, one of the things I was particularly impressed with uh, with the Chiefs last year was the effort they made to bring not only their sort of usual game day experience which is very famous it's one of the best home advantages of the league but try and bring that and incorporate that into a UK narrative to get everybody involved and mm. the sort of um, great chant that you that you hear was really ringing around Wembley that night so I think it, it a lot of it also depends on how the um, nominated home team for the game sells it to the crowd and the narrative of the game to, that involves them because they don't have that blind support that you have if you're just playing at home in front of your home fans I think you're right I'm hoping that uh, I'm very much hoping for your sake and for, for my wife's sake that they, the Bengals do put on a, a good show and, and do make it just really really bring it out and really try and make a, a whole event of it which is, is always always a lot more fun at Wembley when they do that but who day who day who they gonna beat them Bengals <laughs> nobody probably um the, uh, the, the they've obviously committed to to expanding a little bit so they're going into uh, White Hart Lane uh, in London for two games a year for, for 10 years once it's been redeveloped um do you think you could see it expanding potentially anywhere else in the UK do you, is it time to to perhaps perhaps look at, at somewhere else I think from all the noise you hear out of the NFL UK office um they'll be centered around London because that's where the infrastructure is um I think possibly a little bit weak given that you've got a major international airport in Birmingham in the middle of the center but yeah. um they've got the grounds they've got the infrastructure everybody knows where they're going the team's talking to their other teams and London is an easy sell so from what the the, the UK NFL office is saying no I don't think it'll move out of London but obviously the White Hart Lane is a fascinating development they're clearly committed to um, Wembley and they're committed to Twickenham I think there's another game there next year so I, I, I think a couple of years yeah, so so there's definitely. I'm not sure how much it will expand in London, but they're definitely trying to make sure that they've got enough options because they're aware that with Wembley, part of the problem. I think they wanted to expand last year mm. and couldn't because the, the the diaries just wouldn't mesh up in terms of when they wanted to be here and other events going on, obviously with the England football team and everything else. And so if you've got the option of Twickenham, and it's very interesting that they were allowed uh, when it's something like the first time in 100 years that a professional sport other than rugby was played there, and and this development with um, Tottenham. 
it, I think it's as much as anything trying to build some flexibility so that they can so they can schedule more games and see if they can keep building it to to a full season. But you know we have enough owners making noise about the fact they come over and impress with the fans and saying yeah we need to get a franchise over here that maybe it will happen. I still think it, I'm still dubious because of the logistics of it. I still think that maybe like a an eight game international series so you'd have like a, a standard full seasons worth of games um, played in London might make more sense just because of the practicalities of playing it but certainly I think the games in London are here to stay because look they're expanding you know we've got a Mexico game this year uh, they're looking at China certainly they've already played a, a um, sort of a an arena football league shortened one out there so they're definitely looking for new markets and when you see that the the things like the TV ratings etc are going up in the UK and they're currently going down in the States you can sort of see why they're they're looking to move out of their own saturated market and export as much as they can yeah absolutely well it's going to be interesting to see how they, uh, how they, they do it this weekend and we're uh, quite looking forward to seeing that uh, at Wembley again uh, for the uh, the Bengals and the Redskins on Sunday I will try not to be too nervous or unbearable yeah well the, the second uh, thing we want to have a, a quick look at uh, before we move on uh, to the to the games very quickly uh, is the, the Jets uh, and and really how how things are going there because it's been a bit difficult for the for the Jets but certainly uh, at, the, at the quarterback position so Gian Smith was given his uh, first start of the season on Sunday uh, against the Ravens but uh, didn't last long before he went out of the game with a, with a torn ACL which will see him out again for, for, for quite some time Fitzpatrick was obviously dropped uh, after a bit of a lacklustre start to the season uh, going into week 6 I think he was, he was at 57% completions uh, he'd thrown 11 interceptions and it, yeah he just wasn't uh, wasn't really doing particularly well but on Sunday made 9 of 14 attempts and 120 yards do you think he's do you think he well first of all do you think he was bad enough to to really warrant being dropped in the first place and secondly now Gino's out do you think that they're going to they're going to stick with Fitzpatrick or do you think they'll uh, have a look around I think that Gino must have been pretty bad in practice for it to have lasted long um, long enough for him not to have been looked at earlier um there were a lot of problems going on there and a lot of commentators were were querying you know, were, were repeatedly stating just how long it you know how bad must Gino be in practice yeah. I think Part of the, the problem with this is this is sort of a problem of their own making. They kept playing hardball with Fitzpatrick and the deal that they wanted to get versus the deal that he got versus the deal that he eventually um, received was, was in the grand scheme of things, what they seem to have done is basically cost him the entire preseason. And so he's not there when you're building a team and working on your timing and all that good yeah. stuff. And yeah, he's a veteran, but you still need those reps. And I can understand a certain amount of reluctance to give him a huge payday given um, that last year was a, sort of like a breakout season for him in terms of it was a career year and whether that was going to be repeatable. But given that they didn't seem to want to sign anybody else, that they seem to have hamstrung themselves. And then with um, the Eric Decker injury and Marshall and everything else, it's been very up and down, but... It's, <laughs> It's also, if you look at the start of their season, much like the Bengals, it was not an easy start. And he's now going into what you know they will be hoping and looks on paper to be a slightly easier section of the schedule. And I don't think they'll have any other choices. I mean, the real thing for them is, are they really committed to him long term? Or do they want to bring, if they want to look at developing a young person? But they've got they've got two very young but very raw quarterbacks on, on the um, roster but they're sort of completely out sync with what is actually one of the oldest rosters in the league so I think you know they sort of need to I think they probably need to commit to Fitzpatrick and just ride out over the next season season and a half whilst the players are all of an age and then they might need to go for a retool because it's not like you can suddenly get young and I'm just I'm not sure how in lockstep they are in terms of 
the GM and the head coach and the the structure of the roster. And I'm sure you're not at all surprised to me hear me saying such comments because that's one of my little obsessions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, yeah. I, I personally think that they're going to they'll probably end up sticking with Fitzpatrick if if nothing else because they've made that that large contract uh, offer to him and obviously he's, uh, he took it during the summer. So yeah, let's uh, yeah let's let's see how he, uh, how, he how he shapes up for the uh, for the rest of the season. <laughs> Run over here. Okay, well, we didn't watch the Thursday night game this week. We've uh, we've decided to uh, pick some uh, some some slightly different ones this week. The I, first one, we'll... I'll have you know, I watched it and wrote it up. But you know, if you don't want to discuss it, that's fine. We have lots <laughs> of other games to look at. Well, that's it. The first the first game we're going to have a look at is uh, is what there's, there's very very rarely any of in the NFL. It's a tie: uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Uh, even after overtime, they they wouldn't uh, they couldn't be separated. It was six six. Uh, it was the first tie game in two seasons. Quick. Uh, Quick test of your knowledge, G. Do you know who was in the uh, the last tie game? Well, two seasons ago, I have a nasty feeling it was the Bengals versus, I think, the Eagles? The Panthers. Panthers, that's right. But Bengals Panthers was the last time there was a tie, but to, yeah, it, it, uh, to look at the stats. I mean, if you if you just look at the at the stats in this game, you you really wouldn't think it was so close. It was such a defensive game. Um, Cardinals made nearly five hundred y- uh, yards of offense, uh, and and which was nearly twice that of the Seahawks. They also made almost fifty passing attempts uh, and thirty seven runs as well. Uh, yeah, uh, what what happened? How did why did the uh, in your opinion why did the uh, the Cardinals not uh, not not take this one away? Because the Seattle Seahawks defense is very good. I knew that was coming. And nobody's uh, well, both defenses were very good, and that was sort of really the story of this game. And then both teams wore down, mm. but neither of them could overcome the opposing defense to score solid points. Uh, the Cardinals could have won it if it wasn't for the blocked um, yeah, punts. Field, so yeah. really, as much as anything, it was um, special teams on the Seahawks side that bailed them out, and two sets of missed kicks and. It's interesting to me that um, I really enjoyed this game and it sort of fell into fast, whereas America has lost its mind. Yeah. Uh, talking about it being like this terrible game. And part of that is that they have an irrational hatred of ties. Um, yeah, I don't get that. It, I don't get it. it. It's just a cultural thing. They're really obsessed. There has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. And just, just you know, you know, to the point where we play... 15 extra minutes of games for both mm. sides and believe me they are having seen that happen with to the Bengals when they played the Panthers um, I'd be worried about both games um, both teams this week because that um it's taken a bit that, out of them. Yeah, it does. They've played ate a whole twenty five percent extra football, and that's gonna. I it definitely the Bengals came out flat after that game. So yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind thinking that both of them will be flat, particularly when the Cardinals are so reliant on David Johnson, and he had an awful lot of work in this game. Mm, yeah, I mean, three points to three when they went in at, uh, at, at after the fourth quarter. That's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, three point three threes is is almost a, a, an entertaining um, regular football game. It's like a nil nil. Uh, <laughs> yes, abs- absolutely. But um, and then the new the new rules. So we get one field goal, and then we get another yeah. field goal, and then we get two missed field goals. And yeah, it, uh, but at that point they were tired. And I had an interesting theory, and I'm not sure whether I buy into it or not. But there's some talk. One, someone was suggesting that um, some of this might have to do with the extra point and the fact because they've moved it back there are no gimmies for these mm. kickers to get into a rhythm these days so they point. can't sort of groove their cook because there's always pressure on, 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 a, on a kicker because you know, the extra point is essentially um, a short field goal as opposed to just the big chip shot gimme it used to be but yeah. um, I thought it was interesting that um, I must stop saying that phrase but I, I did think it was um 
telling, say, that um, Bruce Arians, after, after, after the match, um, wasn't making apologies for a kicker and saying he's a professional footballer, he's paid to make those kicks. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, it was two quite short kicks as well, wasn't it, that, that could have won both teams the game. 24 yards for Cardinals and 28 for the Seahawks. Yeah, I was, I was sat there thinking, oh my good grief, they've won it. And then the Seahawks, you know, marched down the other and think, oh my, they're going to win it. And then it was just <laughs> like, oh. But yeah, no, I mean, the real story, everybody's focusing on kicks and, and the offense, but there was some amazing defense. It was a hell of a defensive game. Cliff Averill was everywhere yeah. in the Cardinals' backfield. Two and a half sacks and was just causing them all sorts of problems. And I still really enjoyed this game. And I just think each to their own, but I enjoyed the defense struggle. It sort of fell into fast, but I'm not bothered by draws. And, and really... A draw seems a fair result at the end of the day to me. Yeah, well, it, it, I think it probably was given the given the, the display of, of both teams. I mean, the Cardinals, like I say, when, if you were purely to look at the stats, you'd think, how the hell did this end up at six six? But it was, yeah. I mean, on, on the balance of the of the actual game itself, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, it's that thing where the Cardinals could move the ball to an extent, certain extent, but they were, you know, they weren't able to maintain drives for long enough to to score points, yeah. which you know is a testament to that Seattle defense that is playing incredibly well. And the Cardinals defense is not quite as good, but they they're playing very, they are playing very well at the moment. And and the, there are problems with the Seahawks because their offensive line is not good and. Russell Wilson is hobbled enough that he can't do quite the same degree of magical spin out make as much as anything's when he's forced to forced out the pocket he can't quite make the yards that he might normally have done and get first downs because he's hobbled by the, you know his leg injuries yeah well somebody who did win on this game was uh, was you in terms of the picks you uh, you got this one right I, I initially thought it was void because of the because uh, of the draw but no yeah you you're right I think you uh... <laughs> You got this one correct, picking the Seahawks uh, on, on this on this occasion, and you did uh, pick up a point on me on that one. Um, but the a point yeah, so I much needed. <laughs> you absolutely did in a terrible week of picking again. Um, again, <laughs> second game. It's the uh, the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, this one ended uh, twenty eight points to the Miami Dolphins, twenty five to the Bills. Uh, Dolphins went into this game looking for the second uh, consecutive win for the, uh, for the first time this season. Uh, LeSean McCoy. It was questionable going into the game, so I was quite uh, hopeful myself. Uh, he did start, but he went out with a hamstring injury uh, later on in the game. Uh, and, and really, I mean, going into the game, it, it had all the hallmarks of the, of the Bills probably going to give the Dolphins an absolute kick in, in in terms of the fact that they were they had the second best run defense uh, in, in the league, and we had the second worst run defense. So, you know, it was we we, we thought we were going to struggle a lot more than, uh, than than I think the Dolphins did, but it actually looked pretty good. Um, Tannehill uh, seems like he's starting to li- starting to link up quite well with his with his receivers, uh, especially he's, uh, making some some really good mediums long range. Um, throws which is which is really nice uh, another absolute stormer from from jj uh he, he looked really dangerous all, all early on and, and then for the rest of the game as well he he, he was he has again uh got over 200 yards so it's, he's only i think he's the, the fourth player in yeah it, he's the fourth player to have have back to back to back 200 yards yeah. and you, you know there are some serious names he's being mentioned alongside so Absolutely. yeah i mean it was a hell of a performance by him and the question now is, is this a couple of week flash in the pan or can he keep sustaining it? Well, Not I, over 200 yards because that's crazy, but, yeah. you, you know, how long, because it's, I mean, and that's not me picking on a Jay as much as anything, that's um, the age old problem with NFL running backs yeah. is that they take such, it's such a punishing position for them and to play that, that it just takes its toll and, you know, it, 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 it's just a question of when they break down, well, but it, certainly it needs- he looks great now and, 
he needs to carry on on account of the fact that Arian Foster announces retirement on Monday night and he's he's immediately gone. So <laughs> we we need JJ to 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 really to really fire this season. Yeah, it was it was um, a curious um, way of doing it, just Strange announcing timing. on the Monday. Yes, yeah. and uh, I've heard both both sides of people's where, where some have gone. Well, you know, you start something, you should see it through, and you know, I'm not sure why I'd do it now. I'm not at the end of the season. And others going, well, actually, you know, once it's gone, it's gone, and he's been fighting injuries, yeah. and 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 we, you know, he's always been a man to 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 walk his own path and they admire that him saying no I haven't got it anymore so um, but yeah I mean you have some depth there as we saw um, Damian Williams Williams. steal another touchdown off um, Ajayi and um, (laughs) just have to hope it holds out for you that's it the the Bills benefited again from some quite silly penalties for for about the fourth or fifth week running Uh, I would imagine Adam Gase and his coaching team are absolutely livid at the minute in in terms of the discipline Uh, and they really started pulling away in the third um, but uh, yeah, a couple of uh, couple of Dolphins touchdowns. And we, we we kind of took control. Uh, the Bills Bills scored again with, with fourteen seconds left. Uh, made it a three point game, but then fluffed the onside kick. So uh, yeah, yeah twenty eight twenty five to the Dolphins. Excellent. Very happy for you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, thirteen for one hundred and sixteen yards. What yeah. what were the penalties? Was it one particular unit that was breaking it, down? No, it was a bit of everything. To be perfectly honest, um, the the last few weeks we've, we've been really hit hard with with silly special teams penalties. Like people, the the amount of times we've, we've ran into. People who were, in fact, I think there was one other one Sunday that ran into into someone who's who's taken a fair catch. Just just right. silly silly little things like that. Um, but there was there was yeah there was a lot of penalties and and it, the discipline is is lacking a little, shall we say? But well, what, we, what did happen was I uh, obviously picked this one correctly as I saw it happening completely. Was not blind blind optimism, and as, as you were saying to me before the podcast, we uh, it absolutely was blind optimism. <laughs> but I'm very happy for you, my friend. As am I. I, um, I do not enjoy you declaring the season over after week five. Yeah, no, I, I'm kind of thinking that was uh, I was a little preemptive there. But um, the uh, the Bengals is the uh, the third game, uh, the, the the battle of Ohio, the Bengals uh, against the Browns uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, the the orange the orange game wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was oh it my was word. It was horrible. It, it was yeah. It was just it was a horrible game to watch. Either the Browns had to wear their turd brown uniforms, or um, the Bengals should have stuck with their usual black home uniforms because yeah. the sort of inverse orange and white was just a nightmare to follow. And I, I don't understand why they were allowed to do it. And I'm fairly certain your good your your good wife was um, making similar comments on Sunday. She was yeah. She was uh, she was she was saying I, I, don't, I can't believe this. I can't believe they're allowed to do this. They should be made to, made to wear their turd uniforms. Was the exact words. <laughs> Uh, that, uh, that that she said, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was it was a good game from uh, another runner here, Jeremy Hill. Uh, he had a, a, another really good game, put them in a uh, really good position uh, early early doors, and then uh, obviously got the first touchdown of the game as well. Yeah, and you've got on the note here that it, that he seemed to be struggling with an injury. He's had like a chest thing pretty much all season. He's been on the injury report, and he's sort of been week to week he's not missed anything but uh, but the the amount of workload he's had has varied but yeah he he certainly stood out very well in this game and um obviously it was a good game because um Giovanni Bernard clocked in with an 80 yard rushing day as well yeah. so it, it it seemed a much better performance obviously you're against the browns so the temper of defense but um they ran pretty it, well I'm, though didn't they yeah, it was interesting. If you look at the the the, the sort of stories after the game and what was going on, uh, Cody Kessler um, made the mistake of running into um, I can't remember if it was Domitar Pecco or Geno Atkins, yeah. but um, picked up a concussion. So the um, Browns ended up with I think their sixth 
guy six, playing six quarterback. quarterback of the season, yeah. Yeah, and and he had a pretty nondescript day throwing the ball, at twelve of twenty four for a hundred yards and twenty six point four. But on the ground, he was calling all sorts of problems. And Hugh Jackson is a very creative play caller. He's been doing it all season. Um, obviously, he's very familiar with the Bengals' um, defense, and they were causing him real problems until um, basically. Gunther got the guys together and made some adjustments half-time and then made some yeah. adju- further adjustments as they went in the second half and they sort of got it back under control a bit. But yeah, he, he ran effectively and it will be... The Browns will be wondering if they have something there, but as much as anything, it's demonstrating the in, in, ingenuity... Yeah. Yes, that's the word. Ingenuity <laughs> of um, Hugh Jackson and, and developing um, lots of tricks for offense. And I did find it telling that when the reporters afterwards were asking defensive play, players um, what the, the challenge was, this says, well, some of it they were happy to talk about. Oh, yeah, well, it's a question of you know, clearly defining who has the man and passing between us. And the secret we're not going to tell you because we have to play him again. <laughs> uh, that, uh, that, that Hail Mary, though, that was awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the uh, four Browns surrounding AJ yeah. Green and AJ Green tips the ball to himself. It was... Uh, it was a it was a nice moment. I'll take one of those on Sunday. Uh, he's good for he's always good for, he's good for a, for for a, a, an impressive play. Maybe not always that spectacular. But yeah. did you see the one handed catch going down the sideline? I did. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited about seeing AJ Green in the flesh. Yeah. Well, we both picked this one uh, picked this one wrong. I think we both thought that the, uh, the the Bengals would win this one, but perhaps not by as as much as they uh, as they eventually did. So uh, yeah, no, it was a it was a yeah, it was it was a good game. Uh, but uh, yeah. Yeah, incorrect picks again, as as is as is the theme. I I won't break them all down, but I I, I will give our excuses maybe at the end of at the end of your rundown of the rest <laughs> of the results. Okay, no problems. Well, the, the, let's have a look at the, uh, the the final game that we uh, that we we all watched. There was the uh, was the, was the Twickenham game. Uh, like you said earlier, obviously first uh, first non-rugby sporting event at Twickenham in its 107 year history uh, New York Giants taking on the LA Rams uh, and, and and beating them the 17 points to 10 was the uh, the final score on that Beckham uh, which would have been this would have been uh, quite scary to the to the fans who have, have turned up to go and watch Odell Beckham but he uh, looked like he was going into the game with a bit of a knock he warmed up with the trainers and, and made a few slips as well didn't look uh, particularly great but he did end up starting the game which was uh, which was good so uh, that kept the uh, kept the crowd into it and it was uh, it was quite an even game wasn't it for for almost the entire game really could have could have gone either way at the end yeah it was kind of a bitty game there were there were neither I don't think there was any particular unit that particularly impressed. Yeah. I think we had one really standout play, which I'll, we'll cover in a moment. Yeah. But um, the the Giants have been very up and down this season and and not very very functional, despite you know some nice passing options for Eli Manning. But it doesn't seem to be quite coming together for them. And the Rams can't seem to get out of their own way. And you know the the, the, the sort of rumours and the and the consternation about Goff not starting. I think it might be a little bit overdone in terms of I understand his first round book he should be in there but I think there's more wrong to it um, I, I'm not sure I would terribly disagree with um, Jeff Fisher when he talks about um, I'd be more inclined to change the receivers than yeah. the quarterback and that is kind of the problem and that was what was my worry and criticism with them trading everything to go up and pick a quarterback um, the exact opposite of what they did with all those picks in the Washington trade for RG3 mm. and they built a very good defence but the offensive line is not that convincing so they've got what everybody agrees is a very talented running back who's not really been doing that much other than and he has sort of like a couple of quiet games 
then a few really good wow he could be amazing games games last season and then for like the end of last season and most of this season he's looked pretty ordinary because the holes aren't there and the the receivers aren't quite working out and they've signed a big star Taven Austin who is sort of a gadget player you can't rely on him as a receiver and you know witness the fact he's in the middle running a slant it puts the ball up in the air for that incredible touch t- touchdown play I was Sort of briefly hinting at earlier. Well, let's have a look at that then. It was it was Landon Collins, wasn't it? The, uh, the the giant safety taking that taking the pick. Yeah, so so bounces up in the air. Landon Collins intercepts it, and there's sort of this wonderful. He makes some great cuts, but as much as anything, it's sort of beginning to look like a rugby game. As, as yeah. he was suddenly surrounded by um, other giants who shepherded him and blocked for him to get him into the end zone. It was a really great run back. I think someone at half time uh, wrote into the uh, to the. Uh, the BBC coverage had said it's something like it was the, it was the most it was it was fitting that it was the most rugby style uh, touchdown they'd ever seen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> at Twickenham, <laughs> but it was yeah it was, it was a forty five yard uh, forty five yard re- yard return. But he, I think he must have covered about seventy eighty yards going for a room from side to side as well, uh, and, a, and a real real good show of blocking from the from the Giants. Yeah, the the, the defense just sort of you know gathered around him and just were really really. Um, effective at sort of staying in front of him or enough players did that they could clear a path for him because very often you'll see that a player will rush through and suddenly he's, the, the offensive players can get to him quite quickly but he seemed to yeah. you know, through some of the cuts and hesitation moves he made he allowed blockers to find him and that enabled him to find his way to the end zone mm. well it, uh, it went in at half time at 10-10 but the uh, after after a, after a Rams lead of, of 10 nothing, uh, but uh, with a touchdown with five minutes left uh, the, the Giants went in with the, uh, with the win which uh, Again, neither is neither is picked. We both picked the Rams and both got it right. I don't know about you, but that was very much an up in the air. I'm not sure it which was. one. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it could have gone either way that one. But uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, again, another one we uh, we got we got wrong. So uh, let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the thir- the, uh, the games from the, this this week. Then week seven, Thursday night saw an all AFC North colourish clash between the Packers and the Bears at Lombo Field. And believe it or not, uh, the game was a back and forth affair uh, and remained quite close right up until the fourth quarter when Green Bay took control of the game. Uh, twenty unanswered points in the second half saw the Packers take this one, beating the Chicago Bears by twenty six points to ten. I'd say it was. I'd characterise it as more a slow bludgeoning of a team that fell apart when their <laughs> their starting quarterback went out with a broken arm in the second. Uh, quarter, but they, yeah, they, uh, they certainly fell over after that point. It was, it was a yeah, it wasn't. Uh, they, they were destined for uh, for poor things from then on. But the, the uh, best looking thing in the game for me was the um, all white Packers unis, which looked quite nice. But yeah, yeah not a great the, game. Some of the color rush uniforms this year have been okay, I think, compared to last year. Um, in Kansas City, the Saints and the Chiefs met in one of uh, the earlier games on Sunday in what turned out to be a crack every game. Uh, both the uh, quarterbacks had an absolute stormer, with Breeze ending up on 110 passer rating and Alex Smith finishing with 126. Uh, the Chiefs struggled on to convert on third down, but uh, didn't struggle to get as many points on the board. The uh, Saints lost this one. It was uh, 27 points to 21 to the Chiefs. Half a point! Half a point out of getting my <laughs> picks right on that. <laughs> Both Tennessee and Indianapolis will be going into week eight at three and four for the season so far after they met on Sunday night. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, one of the uh, best kickers the league's ever seen, finally broke the league's record of 33 consecutive completed field goals uh, during a game, uh, which, uh, sorry, during the game, uh, when he scored 10 points uh, of the Colts 34. Uh, the Titans, on the other hand, couldn't keep the pace. Uh, Mariota was sacked uh, three times, losing his team 25 yards. Final score in Indiana was 34 points to 26. Uh, it's official. Everyone in the league has now tasted defeat this season after the Vikings couldn't put together a sixth straight win uh, after 
uh, travelling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the far from being a, a, a fully rested af- uh, team after their bye week last weekend, the be- uh, Vikings barely managed to uh, bother the scoreboard and only got into double figures due to a last second uh, or a last minute touchdown. Uh, a good day for both defences though, uh, and the Eagles uh, sacked uh, Sam Brad for six times, uh, and the Vikings uh, made two interceptions. Uh, final score here was twenty-one ten to the Eagles. Yeah, the, the Vikings are real problems on on that offensive line, and and sort of I was sort of reminded of that as as after I'd written up and made my mm. picks and was listening catching up with my podcast as I was behind a, a bit due to being ill, and it was like oh dear, I may have made a boo boo here, and I really <laughs> had. The Redskins would have been uh, hoping to build some momentum going into this weekend's game at Wembley when they play the Lions on Sunday night. Uh, it, won't, uh, it wasn't to be though. Uh, Josh Norman exited the game with a concussion, which I believe uh, believe means he missed the trip to London. Uh, Anquan Bolden uh, caught an 18 yard pass from Matt Stafford with 14 seconds to go to win this one, and the game ended 20 points to 17 to Detroit. We're not going to see. Uh, are we not going to see Green Norman this weekend? Yeah, it's a, it's sort of on the one hand, it's a shame not to see the matchup. On the other hand, as a Bengals fan, I can live with it. <laughs> I'm sure you're you'll be you'll be fine. Uh, Oakland met Jacksonville this week, uh, and the Raiders were uh, quietly starting to uh, to build themselves a solid season. They're now five and two after beating the Jaguars uh, in what was, to be fair, a quite one-sided game. Uh, it was a pretty clumsy game. Uh, both teams uh, picked up between them 230 yards of penalties, uh, and the final score was 33-16 to the Raiders. Who'd have thought uh, that a game which started with uh, Geno Smith starting for the Jets ended up with a win for them? Uh, to be fair to Geno, he did uh, go off injured as early on as we uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, and after being initially dropped, Ryan Fitzpatrick came on to give a, a pretty solid performance for the uh, for the, the Jets against the Ravens. Uh, Smith looked to have picked up an ACL injury uh, in the game, which will probably mean Fitzpatrick's place is fairly safe for a while. Uh, after having and after having said uh, that I'd even picked the Browns over the Jets last week's uh, podcast, I was uh, proved wrong. The Jets won this one by twenty. Four points to sixteen, and I think that means I'm allowed to pick the Jets again. Yeah, did you hear Fitzpatrick's <laughs> comments after the game, where he was uh, talking about how it was tough that none of the players, the sort of the management or the play, or the coaches believed in him? And I just thought it was interesting it, that he's yeah. getting killed for that. Mm. When it's sort of like everybody's always asking for the players to be honest, and then when they're honest, they get killed for it. It's like you can't win. It seems sometimes. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, it's six losses in a row now for the 49ers after week seven. Uh, this week it was Tampa Bay Buccaneers who sent them back to Santa Clara with uh, one in the L column. Uh, the 49ers started well going into the second quarter with a 14-point lead, but 27 unanswered points for the Bucks in the second and third quarter put the game beyond the 49ers' reach. San Francisco lost this one in the end by 34 points to 17. The Chargers faced the Falcons this week uh, and overtime was needed to separate the two teams again in this one. Uh, San Diego left it uh, late to make a comeback with, uh, but with 18 seconds left, landed a field goal which took the score to 30 points apiece. Uh, Atlanta received the ball from the restart but on their first drive they were turned over on their own 45-yard line leaving the Chargers able to score another field goal a couple of plays later winning the game by 33 points to 30. In a game that I fully expected to be one of the uh, games of the week this week, Pittsburgh Steelers travelled to Foxborough to face the New England Patriots. Well, the game was uh, was, a, was a good one. Patriots uh, led for most almost all of it. Uh, and the Steelers never really looked like uh, mounted too much of a comeback. That being said, Brady wasn't his usual prolific self, making uh, 222 yards through the air in a game which was dominated by Blount, uh, who, who got 127 yards on the ground, uh, helping the Patriots to win by 27 points to 16. 
And on Monday night, Brock Osweiler made his return to Denver to face uh, new boy Trevor Simeon and his Broncos. In truth, neither of them managed uh, to, to bother the wide receivers too much. Uh, the kicking units were kept busy, though, with five field goals and 11 points between them. Uh, the Texans struggled to really get into the game, losing this one by 27 points to nine. 11 punts, I assume, is, is what you meant to say in that. Is that what I would have said? You said 11 points. Oh, 11 point, punts between them, yeah. But yeah, uh, how bad has Brock Osweiler been? Yeah, doesn't not looking good, is he? No, 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 no. Lots of lots of um, not, questions about um, the, the validity of that contract. Yeah, not worth well. all that money. Possibly not. <laughs> right then, G, it's time for us to have a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. Uh, you mentioned last week's podcast you were going to take a look at the Packers' run defence uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, how do you think they managed to uh, answer the question of, the, uh, of, of just how you solve a problem like Ezekiel? Um... The problem they had was almost that um, he's a really hard player to stop. There wasn't too much wrong with the Packers. Um, in fact, you can see why they've had so much, se- much success over the season pre- prior to the game, and so it's not surprised that they bottled up the Bears um, afterwards. Um, in terms of sort of like the run defits of the front seven, they were pretty much always there. There were one or two occasions where um, the, the Cowboys' much vaunted offensive line were able to open like a clear hole for Ezekiel Elliott to just. To, to go through but most of the time the fits were good and there wasn't a big hole it was either that the Cowboys were sort of like were able to push forward and he'd get like two three maybe even sometimes four yards just because of the push but there wasn't like a big hole for run for right. him to run to but a lot of the times there'd be like barely a crease and he'd hit that so fast that he'd get through it but actually to be honest most of his, his successful runs and the ones that broke big were running at the edge and the Cowboys are pull guards, guards, uh, and, and even their tackles sometimes, and uh, run. But it was really attacking like the edges and going off the tackles and the ends that, that that enabled them to be really successful running the ball. But for it seems odd, and I felt it felt it as I was writing it that in a game where you gave up over 130 yards to one running back, it wasn't the worst um, rushing defensive performance I've seen. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't. There that certainly was. wasn't sort of the sort of three layer um, failure that the Bengals had, where you had mistakes at all three levels, and he just went sixty yards for a touchdown. Yeah, well, that was that was only a week before that, wasn't it? Yes, painfully so. Uh, um, the Cowboys really have a good running back there. I think it, it's going to be a difficult problem for a, a lot of teams to solve both this season and one suspects for a couple of seasons more if they can keep um, the nucleus of that offense together. Yeah, is there any uh, coaching tape you, you planning on to have a look at this week? I am taking the week off because I'm losing a large amount of my um, writing time on Sunday due to us heading down to Wembley. So um, I, I'm sadly missing out on coaching tape this week. Oh, well, well uh, I'm sure you'll uh, find something to write about this week. And uh, for all that and much more, make sure you stay tuned to the blog uh, from, for more from G. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Okay, so we're going into week eight now. And we're, we're going to be halfway through the season, which is, seems feels crazy, for the, certainly for the regular season anyway. Um, the first game uh, this weekend, is, sorry, well, this week on Thursday night, is the uh, the Jaguars and the Titans on Thursday night football. They seem to do this on Thursday night every every year, I think. Uh, the Yeah, the Jaguars and the Titans. Titans uh, starting with uh, three and a half points uh, taken off them. What, what do you think on that one? I think I'd probably reluctantly pick in the Titans despite the um, game they dropped horribly last weekend because yeah. I really... The Jaguars just have regressed and Blake Bortles just seems to have got worse rather than taking the step forward that we were hoping for him. Yeah, I, I absolutely think, you, think, you, think you're right. I'm, uh, I'm going to be going for the uh, for the Titans on this one, which is, which is disappointing because I really did quite want to see the uh, Jag- Jaguars do quite well this season, but it's uh, not to be, unfortunately. 
Um, Sunday, for the early game, uh, the one we're going to, not that we've mentioned it uh, yet on the podcast, I don't think, uh, is the uh, the Bengals uh, and uh, Washington Redskins uh, facing each other at Wembley. Uh, two and a half head point head start for Washington on this one. Uh, I, I'm still thinking Bengals. I'm thinking Bengals. I'm worried about her overhead, and I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a tougher game than um, many would um, possibly predict. But uh, there seemed to be some signs that things were coming back. And Tyler Eifert was back, even if he only had plays up a handful of snaps and caught one out of two targets. But mm. yeah, I'm hopeful the Bengals are beginning to come good again. Yeah, um, Patriots Bills. Uh, Bills get a six and a half point head start on this one, and they're at home. That's quite a lot of points. But mm. that is. Can you see Bill Belichick being? Um, um, whitewashed by a team in his own division I, I I think that they will have the earlier um, um, game where they didn't score any points very much on the mind and I know Absolutely. he likes to say that it's just another game and we're on to the next one but I, I think this one will mean something to them yeah I completely agree I think the uh, I still I, th- I think I'm going to be going with the, with the Patriots even with that uh, that, that big well, Particularly with um, Shady McCoy having hamstring problems, that, yes. that, and, and he seemed to be very critical to this new, the, you know, that temporarily successful Bills offense looked very different once he was out last week. Yeah, that's it. Well, this uh, this is the game that uh, if you fall asleep in the car on Sunday, I'm going to make you watch this next one. Uh, it's the Browns and the Jets. Uh, this is going to be this is this is going to be a stinker, isn't it? I'm. Do you know what? I I hear what you're saying. I quite enjoy watching the Browns, not the uniform, but on offense, <laughs> Hugh Jackson is trying every trick under the book, and it's you know if it was they're not a terrible watch, they're not a good team, but there's enough there that unlike the forty ers and and the Jets, I can see where they're headed. They've been close a lot this season. Yeah, I mean, maybe not the last game, but you know, they've, 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 there have been several games where they've ever had leads, and they had leads against the Bengals, or mm. been relatively close at the end. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm brave enough to pick them, well, particularly after the Jets won last week, but they are at home. And, and they're getting three and a half points. Yeah, it, you know, they've let me down every time I've backed them so far, though, I think. Well, I'm, I'm allowed to, be, to back the Jets again now, so uh, I'm going to. I'm going to go with them. Okay, I, I, I will write it up and know what I'm doing then. <laughs> uh, Lions Texans, uh, Lions get two and a half points in this one. Lions, I think. Yep. Lions, <laughs> Lions, Lions, please. Couldn't agree more. Um, I, I really, really, and people are beginning to notice, but um, I, I'm totally buying into um, the Jim Bob Cooter effect on on Mr. Stafford. I think that that offense has really come on and they impressed me with their win and the Houston Texans just are struggling and Osweiler's not working. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm i quite happy to be getting points uh, 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 in this game, picking the team that I think are better. Yeah, Lions, Lions are looking good. So, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, Chiefs-Colts. Colts getting two and a half points and they're at home. That, I mean, I mean the Chiefs, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really... I'm really torn, quite torn on this one. I'm torn. I'm going to keep backing, though, the team that I believe are competent, which is the Chiefs, with a coach Chiefs. I trust and a team that just keep grinding out. They may not be flashy, but um, Alex Smith knows what he is. And the Colts flash, but I'm still not convinced by the team that they've built around Andrew Luck. And he's a good quarterback. I'm not sure he's a great quarterback yet, but mm. I'm not sure he's been put in a position to be one. But yeah. um, he, he doesn't have to play well at times. Yeah, no, he does, absolutely. I, I, yeah, I'm... I, this is going to be a thinker for me, I think. Rush defense is all I would say. The Colts have mm. never had a good rush defense, and the no. Chiefs run the ball very well. Yeah. Um, next game is the the Raiders and the Buccaneers, and this is a this is a straight who's going to win on this one. Uh, and I probably think it will be the Raiders. 
I think it'll be the Raiders because they're on the road and that this year seems to be better for them than being at home. Strange. Maybe they don't like being in Oakland. Maybe they prefer to be in Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> Seattle uh, play the uh, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Seattle Seahawks Saints. Uh, Saints get three and a half points. This is another one that could could I could see the Saints doing better than probably expected on this. That half point. See, here's the thing, though. The Seahawks' defense is really good, yeah. but they've just played a full five quarters, and they're yeah, exactly. on the road um, at the Saints. Oh, is think, it enough, though? I think it, I think for me, I'm going to go Saints. And could you not see the Seattle winning an ugly close game? And I, c- the, I really the could. Saints, yeah, and the I, Saints I, just keeping it close enough to cover. I could, but I don't know. Something's telling me that I'm going to go with Saints. You've had the much hotter, hotter, hotter picking hand than me in the last couple of weeks. I, I might follow you on this one. Good point. Yeah, we are. We are now even for the season. We are at, uh, is it was it forty five each, something like that. Yes, which, is, which, which given is, which is still terrible, given that how many. Yeah, games I was going to say so, which which leaves us a mere thirty points behind the um, overall leader. Oh, that is leader. awful. That is awful. <laughs> <laughs> This will be a good one. Uh, one of the uh, one of the six o'clock games on Sunday. Uh, the Cardinals and the Panthers will be be facing off. Now, usually, normally, you'd, you'd, this this would be this you'd think it's going to be quite close, but the Panthers aren't doing very well this season. No, I mean you say this could be a good one, but the, yeah, the Panthers have really struggled this season. The thing that worries me in this game is that just just like Seahawks, Cardinals have played a whole extra quarter. They're on the road. Um, there's often talk about how the fact that a lot of teams are, are sluggish the week after playing Seattle because they're such a physical defense, and yeah. they're much more running the ball than passing the ball, and that might play a bit more into the the bit of the Panthers defence that's still working because their real problem is the um, corners I think yeah. I'm likely to back the Cardinals but I, 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 you could see the Panthers maybe add, finally adding to their win tally this week this is exactly how I'm thinking I, I think for now I'm going Cardinals but yeah I absolutely it wouldn't it, no, it wouldn't surprise me if the Panthers did, did pull it out yeah um, the Chargers have been strangely not too bad for the last few games and they're playing the Broncos this uh, this week uh, who are five and two going into this one, uh, and they they got a five and a half point head start. Is that enough to make you perhaps think about going for the Chargers? Yeah, because yeah. Philip Rivers is a really good quarterback, and mm. there's some bits and pieces on their defense, including Joey Bosa, who I thought uh, his season was just ruined by the holdout, and yeah. he's just been causing great. havoc. And yeah, there's a couple of pieces on their defense that look like they might have something at last for the first time in a while. And I'm tempted. I'm not sure I'm ready to pull the trigger. But that said, the, the Broncos aren't. Exactly firing an all cylinders either, are they? No, they're not. I, I, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Chargers. I think for this one, yeah, I, I think uh, I think they could do it. Uh, the Packers are making the, uh, the trip to Atlanta to face the Falcons. Uh, two and a half point head start for them as well. That's it's rare that the Packers end up getting a head start. Yeah, but they're not themselves, are they? I mean, they're not, the no. offense. The offense is not quite firing, and everybody's saying, "Is it Rogers? Is it the scheme?" And I think it's like a little bit of everything. Of each, yeah. And with the problems they've got at running back, and they sort of worked quite well against the um, Bears, but it was just the Bears. And mm. I'm just, I'm not sure that the Packers, with the secondary banged up as it is, will be able to contend with Julio Jones at home. So I'm thinking the Falcons might yeah. bounce back, but um, we shall have to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm Falcons on this one, on this game, I think. Uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Uh, cracking game, cracking yeah, game. Good game. This is the late one. On I, I, I think we should watch this one. Although there's me picking Sunday night games again, but um, That's that, it. this one looks looks a good one to me. It could well be. It could well be a very good one. Um, 
I oh, four and a half point head start for the for the Eagles. I'm going to go Eagles. I think. Not sure. I'm impressed by the Cowboys. Exactly. I, I, well, I am, but but four and a half points in the Eagles yeah, have been good. Exactly. Hmm. This is a toughie. Uh, last game then the the Monday night game. This is the one I went to eight years ago. Uh, the the Vikings uh, make the trip to Chicago to freeze. If it's anything like it was eight years ago, <laughs> um, and uh, they they. Uh, yeah, they're they're off the back of a of a of a pretty poor week. They're going to want to really bounce back, and who better to bounce back against than the, than the Bears? Yeah, with Jay Cutler coming back and another quarterback with interesting comments. Um, did you hear that um, Fox was talking about um, how Cutler was his quarterback and was always franchise quarterback, etc.? And then Jay Cutler just comes out and says, "Yeah, well, he has to say that because um, Hoyer's injured." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's I did. just like, oh, that's the voice of the franchise that you really want. Um, <laughs> so. I like this. There were some flashes on defense by the Bears, and the Vikings' um, offensive line is a worry, but I trust Mike Zimmer. Um, whether I trust yeah. him six and a half points, given the offensive problems, I don't know. It sort of depends how they react. Um, I think we'll know a lot more about the Vikings after this game, uh, whether whether we've hit a critical mass of, uh, of adversity in terms of the injuries and what's going on on that line, or whether think the ship can get right and they will continue to be competitive. But... Um, <laughs> I think I trust them. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings. I trust them to win, but I, 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 those points do give me pause. But then I seem to have got that wrong all the time. So maybe again, I need to follow you or you on this one. Hey, maybe as I, as I have been over the last. I tell you, it's, it, I would say it's commendable for the, the fact that I was what was I six behind at one point or something like that, and, I'm, and we're now five or six. Yeah, yeah, we're now forty five each, which is uh, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. I'm not. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty points behind. They're the overall leader, and yeah. you know you're the only one I'm playing against. It's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. Thanks for uh, joining us again this week. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week, looking back at Week Eight and previewing Week Nine. Uh, hopefully, we've spoken to some of you about uh, how the season's going so far uh, from this weekend's game at Wembley as well. Uh, get in touch if you want to take part. Uh, as we'll be at the halfway point of the season, we're also going to take a look at how everyone's doing in the divisional pick'em competition so far. Remember that? It seems oh, uh, good grief. <laughs> yeah, seems a long while ago, doesn't it? Um, in the meantime, make sure you uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for those who have uh, who have already done it. Uh, to, and uh, you'll get it obviously uh, delivered straight to you uh, and your inbox each Thursday night uh, also make sure you check out the blog to keep up with what G's been up to uh, during the week at thewrongfootball.com uh, if you want to get in touch with either of us uh, make sure you drop us uh, an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdown thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week au revoir <laughs>